Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests, owners of Evolve Personal Training in the Lexington, Kentucky area, Cherish and Colin. How are you doing today? We're doing, doing good. Well. Awesome. I'm excited to have you on. Let's hop right into it. Tell us all about Evolve Personal Training, what you're all about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here at Evolve Personal Training, we offer private personal training, so we're not a 24-hour 20 hour gym with any random people coming in working out around our clients. Uh, the only people training in our facility would be working with one of our professional trainers. Uh, all of our trainers are guided by degrees in exercise science, health promotion, or kinesiology, and are all nationally certified trainers. We do one-on-one, partner, and small group, up to four people in a training session. Uh, all of our clients do get access to our Evolve personal training app, and in that app, they get their custom home workouts to do when they're not training with their trainer, as well as custom meal plans, custom nutrition guidance, uh, and are able to contact their trainer a little easier than trying to use, you know, uh, text message or email or anything like that. Um, we do have two different locations. We have a location in Georgetown, Kentucky, and one in Winchester, Kentucky. Uh, those are a little different sizes. The Georgetown lo- location is our larger location, um, but all of our clients receive the highest quality of results from us. Awesome. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about how Evolve Personal Training came to be. Give us a little background. Uh, your dynamic duo, husband and wife team here running things. How, how did this, how did it come to be? Uh, well, obviously being a husband and wife running a business is interesting to say <laughs> the least. Uh, we started the business because we both worked for a personal training company prior to starting our business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we kind of just hit the ceiling there. You know, I was training 55 to 60 hours a week, a lot of training sessions, and you just kind of get burnt out. Mm-hmm. And of course, once you hit that level of number of training sessions, you know, your quality starts to go down, things like that. So we really tried to step up to management positions and that particular company just wasn't growing. Uh, so we decided to branch off on our own and started our own business uh, in a separate town. So obviously starting that business fresh in a town that you're not used to or have any background in is a little challenging. Um, but as time went on, obviously getting our clients results and marketing and things like that, we've been able to expand, hire trainers, hire staff members, uh, different management positions and open other locations. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So as is the story, you know, quite often you, you know, you find that you love the training, the aspect, the fulfillment, all that. And as a trainer, there's, there's almost always some kind of bottleneck there that leads to going on your own or, or changing the business model or figuring, you know, figuring out another opportunity. So for you, it was, let's make our own opportunity, uh, right all the wrongs that we see or do all the things that we, we would rather have it go. And so you guys hit the ground running about three years ago and give me a little bit of the timeline because you have two locations, possible third one in the works, or at least in the planning stages in the middle of that, there's been a pandemic. So when did we go from one to two? How did the pandemic factor into that? And what do things look like now on that front? 
Uh, so with that, you know, the COVID and the pandemic was terrible for every business owner uh, and it was terrible for everyone. Um, but for Evolved, it might've been the best thing that happened for us uh, in the sense of, you know, when you start a business, obviously you have to be the business at first. You have to do all the training sessions. You have to kind of get the ball rolling, things like that. Uh, and over time, you know, I started hitting my max capacity a number of sessions, Cherish hit her max capacity. Uh, so we started hiring people on. Uh, and, you know, when you're a fresh business or you're fresh out of the gates, uh, you end up trying to do everything or every single opportunity you see, you're like, oh, I got to start doing that too. Or, you know, you get invited to train sports scenes at the high school. Oh, I got, I got to go jump in there and do that as well. I need to start offering this other special thing, or maybe I need to get in with some of the restaurants and offer special meals there. You start doing all these different things. Everybody's pulling you different ways. Uh, and it kind of felt like we were on a hamster wheel and it was going so fast that we had to keep running or we would fall. Uh, and COVID kind of forced us to have to stop, take a break, reevaluate. And it, we ended up cutting out a lot of the things that we were currently doing uh, so that we could actually move the business in the direction that we wanted it to. Uh, so that's actually why we opened our second location was because of COVID. So a lot of times when other businesses were saying, oh, my goodness, we need to go on the defensive, we kind of went on offense and said, hey, you know, this is the time we need to stop doing some of these other things and really push the business forward. Awesome. So you guys made, you got, got your hand forced a little bit, but it forced you to also slow down, look at it. Hey, what are the things we want to be doing? What are we the best at? And then when you went to look for your second location, um, was it a matter of, did you have a good real estate opportunity? Was, you know, one man's loss, another man's gain? Like, was there any involvement of that with COVID kind of hitting a quick deflation of commercial real estate? Or was it just, hey, this is the space that we want. We know what we need to do with it. And, and this is where we're going. I, I think when we found uh, or decided we were going to open that second location, our biggest thing was we just kind of figured out which town needed it. Uh, and obviously, there's a difference between, you know, some towns need it, but can they handle the opportunity for a private personal training place? You know, you have to have the population, the demographics, all of those things. Uh, so we chose Winchester just because we did have a little bit of background in Winchester. People kind of knew us in that area as personal trainers. Uh, we knew we were going to try to open a location that was as big as our first location. Uh, it was just going to kind of be a satellite location, maybe one or two trainers, three tops. Mm -hmm. uh, and with that, we kind of searched around. There's a lot of real estate options out there, uh, but not of them are the greatest pick. Uh, we do. We are lucky that we do have uh, the ability to do a lot of our build out ourselves. Uh, so that is pretty helpful instead of having to buy contractors and that overhead or upfront cost and overhead cost can get pretty high pretty quick. So our locations are usually kind of a storefront. So we do look for visibility, um, but it's not a live or die situation uh, with visibility. And that's something we learned about, about that second location was we really tried to find a place where there was a lot of foot traffic and cars driving by. And, you know, at first, yes, you get a few of the people that come in the door, just that organic reach of, hey, I saw your sign, so I walked in here. Uh, you know, personal training is not a window shopping business. People don't drive by and say, oh my goodness, I'm gonna go sign up for personal training today. You know, they usually think about it, then they do a Google search, then they find you, then they search social media for you. 
they do those things. So after opening that second location, I don't think you really have to have that foot traffic or street view. Uh, so that's something that you kind of had to test or we had to test on our own to see if that was going to be uh, for that third location, if that was going to be a crucial part of it. Got it. Got it. So you're, to borrow a term, evolving even what your business model needs to look like or what it may look like in future incarnations, whether that be, you know, location three or beyond, learning the lessons, applying them, repeating successful actions, but finding out where you need to put your energy efforts and focus on as you continue to multiply this thing. Absolutely. Yes. Awesome. I want to talk about a couple of things you mentioned as far as the fulfillment side. Like everybody is very familiar with personal training, individualized programming, working with clients. That's that's a, a unique, you know, you have to do that the way that you that you want to do it, your standards, your flavor, whatever it is. But you have some other fulfillment things that a lot of people try to get off the ground. And it's mixed success still. And the two things that stood out for me is you have your own app. Um, so I want to get into that, whether it was custom built out, whether it's a white label, you know, what your decision-making process was there and also how you fulfill your nutrition coaching. Um, because a lot, again, a lot of people try to add that on either as an a la carte or somehow or another, and it just never gets off the ground. So can you spend a couple of minutes, just kind of lay those two things out for us and what your processes were? Yeah, so uh, when it comes to the app, uh, that is an app that we build along with Trainerize. So it is a custom app for us, has our logos and all of that on there. Um, they've been great to work with. They were very helpful in structuring that. Um, but with that, uh, I know I kind of mentioned that the client and trainer can kind of stay in contact with each other through the app. So a lot of times we've run into... Uh, you know, maybe a client doesn't show up and the trainer said, hey, I texted the client and they didn't show up or the client texts the trainer and there's this miscommunication. Uh, by having it all in one centralized location, uh, we are able to monitor or essentially make sure that everybody's doing their jobs. That was something we really wanted to focus on is as the business grows, we need to keep the same standard of training. You know, it's different when it's just me and Cherish doing all the training or when you have one or two people training, but they're standing right next to you in the same facility, it's another when they're two counties away training and there's not somebody right there making sure they're doing all of their, their, uh, their job points. Uh, so the app really helps us keep that standard. Um, within the app, we do offer uh, custom home workouts. And with that, it is videos that go along. They can follow the video. They can also log the weights that they use or timing or anything like that that comes along with the workouts. Uh, the nutrition is pretty interesting. Um, so you kind of mentioned people were having some issues kind of with structuring that. Uh, when we first opened Evolved, we offered uh, the custom meal plans. Every client received one of those and everybody received the custom nutrition. All of that was included. Uh, we have actually changed that to kind of do kind of an upsell option. So it's easier if you say, hey, we're going to offer nutrition coaching. All of our clients receive nutrition coaching. So they still fill out their meal logs within the app. And the trainer will kind of have a conversation with them at each training session. It's kind of on, on the spot saying, hey, this looks good. Hey, 
swap this for that, that type of thing, just like I said, a conversation. Uh, and then if anybody ever asks us, hey, you know, it'd be a lot easier if I just had it spilled out on a sheet of paper exactly what I should eat. We do offer those custom meal plans uh, for an additional fee uh, for those clients that do want those. We found that just giving meal plans away, um, clients weren't following them. When they're a little more financially invested, they have a tendency to follow along a little bit better. Yeah, I think one of my favorite sayings in um, some of the additional services or even just generally, you know, the fitness world these days is if people pay, they pay attention. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's one of those things where it could be the exact same plan, the execution, everything, and let somebody put 50 or $100 or whatever the case may be down on this thing every month. And all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I probably should use that thing. So then I think it goes the same with, you know, setting rates for things and in different programs. And it's contrary to, I think the drive that most of us who got into the business as trainers have, which we just want to give everything away. We want to give as much of ourselves away, as much as our time as we can. But at a certain point, it's not only that you run out of all that, it's that the people that don't have any skin in the game, they don't get the results because they're, they're just not, there's the, the psychological buy-in and, you know, the monetary buy-in, it just goes so much further. Uh, and then once you turn that corner and realize that it's like, oh, all right, this is cool. So I can help more people get better results and make more money. Everybody wins. So I, I love that you guys realize that and you're not, it's not like, hey, how do we get every dollar from people? It's how do we get them to actually adhere and get the best results? And then we do get paid for it. So exactly. uh, I love that execution. One of the other things you guys mentioned, and technically, you know, as a podcast and a company, we don't endorse any specific software or apps or anything. But I will tell you, as soon as you said trainerize, I was like, heck yeah, because um, as many of these interviews as I've done and, you know, people that I've talked to, uh, no software is perfect uh, by any means, but and I, I think Trainerize is really leading the way on a lot of things and uh, seems to be always adapting and, and really conscious of what gym owners who and trainers who want to provide a higher level of service, what they need and how they need it. You know, there are different niches for different things, but it, it basically for me, I think fills, checks off as many of the boxes as an app can and you know you live with the things that you hope that they add on at some point or or modify but yeah trainerize is a great thing and like you said you can white label it you can have it you know your business name i think there's a lot of a lot of upside to that so uh, totally totally on that on that board with you guys there so um as far as your growth your your time in the industry uh you guys are I would say on average ahead of the curve in growth. So you went from one to two locations and you're at a stage where you're thinking about a third one. I don't know how far along you are in those plans and how much you, you feel comfortable tipping your hand on that right now on the podcast, but to the extent that you feel comfortable sharing, how do you decide, you know, Hey, maybe we should have this third location. These are the reasons why this is how we know we're ready. What does that all look like for you? Uh, so, yes, great question. Uh, we are planning on working towards opening that third location sometime around the end of this year or early of next year. 
uh, a lot goes into the planning and preparation. Uh, everybody sees when you cut the ribbon at the ribbon cutting, they don't see the year and a half of planning that happens beforehand. Uh, everything from equipment has to be factored in to staffing, to the facility, build out, uh, utilities, everything has to be factored in. Um, things that we look for uh, are obviously not just the building, but the demographic in the area. It has to be an area, like I said, that can handle uh, a private personal training business. So kind of tapping into a larger market is something we're interested in. Um, anything you want to add to that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so obviously uh, with that, uh, things that you have to also pay attention to are uh, financial times of the year, obviously play into it. Um, with our particular business, you know that a lot of people think first of the year is a prime time for people to sign up for personal training or fitness. Uh, everybody does their New Year's resolutions around that time. Uh, for us, we don't see a huge uptick around the New Year. Yes, you get a few people that sign up just because of the calendar. Uh, a lot of our clients are more totally focused on a lifestyle change. They're way more invested uh, in our services. Uh, so we actually notice kind of when people have more a little more free time, maybe summertime, we get a little bit busier. So that has to be factored into when do you sign the lease, when do you actually go on opening the doors, uh, and things like that. Got it. So there are, you've got, whether it's mental or whether it's a physical checklist, you have a lot of things, probably a lot of them gained from going from location one to two that, hey, these are things that went well. These are things we want to duplicate. Here's some things that maybe we could have timed a little bit better or felt a little bit more comfortable. So you're planning it, but you're not rushing it. You want as many of those things aligned as possible. And it's not just ready, fire, aim for you. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think I often get blamed for being impatient, uh, <laughs> especially when it comes to work or business and things like that. When I ask if I do something sometimes, uh, I, I don't think in business it can always be looked at being impatient. I think it has to be maybe a sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how we've moved the business forward as quickly as we can is we've kind of done everything with a sense of urgency. There's not this whole, well, I'll just wait till next month or, well, I just got to wait till more people come in and then I'll make a decision and kind of see how things go. We don't like to wait and see how it's going to happen. You really make those things happen for yourself. Got it. Got it. And before we move on, and if you don't want to, if you don't want to toss your your hat into the ring on this one, we can defer. But uh, we have plans, at least for for studio number three, sometime in the next year or so. Is it is it three and done, or is it? Let's just. Uh, I mean, you guys are young. You're ambitious. Is it? Let's just see. You know how big we can take this thing. How many people we can help the way we want to. Yeah, Evolve Personal Training is going to be a multi-state business uh, within the next five to, I'd say, eight or ten years. Uh, we plan on expanding to at least ten different locations, uh, and each location just kind of gets one. We learn each lo each location uh, what works, and we can kind of customize and continue to grow the brand. Awesome, awesome. So we'll uh, we'll look forward to continuing to check in on you as as things progress there. So 
Um, you guys have a lot of things going, have a lot of systems in place, things, you know, going your way. Um, a lot of people in the industry right now are saying the same thing that even if business is going well, they're having trouble finding trainers, especially for a high service, um, you know, high value personal training. You know, it's, it's still, it's not easy for people doing boot camps and CrossFits and, you know, things like that either. But for the more highly qualified specialized trainers, it's kind of a jungle out there in some areas. What is, what's your experience been with that? And what are you doing right now as far as you're growing? So you need more trainers. So what steps are you taking? Yeah, that's uh, that's obviously an issue that is always at hand of finding qualified trainers. Uh, you know, there's a lot of personal training certifications out there. Uh, a lot of our trainers are actually have degrees in exercise science or health promotion. Uh, so obviously having the degrees and the certifications are great. Having that experience is almost even better having the actual hands-on experience. Uh, we have worked uh, with the universities fairly closely and trying to get people that as soon as they graduate, when they're looking for kind of a job, we obviously try to pick them up at that point. That way they can get that experience, have the education behind them. Um, but just with, I think every business right now, hiring is uh, a little different than it was maybe two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, we use different job sites and things like that. Um, but you kind of ask that question of how do we keep the standard as we grow? And that's our focus is trying to keep that same quality of when it was just me and Cherish uh, as we add those new trainers in. So kind of by having our app, that was one way of kind of setting the standard like every single person's going to get the same standard of home workouts. Uh, they are customized to the client, uh, but they're all the videos are going to look great. All of the workouts look the way they're supposed to, the nutrition coaching is the same. Uh, it, it ends up making the great trainers look perfect and trainers that maybe weren't quite up to that level, they still look perfect as well. Got it, got it. So I wanna run by a couple of things by you and this may benefit you, but also certainly will benefit the audience. I have um, really two main buckets with this hiring thing that I, I feel like people fall into for the most part, if I can generalize, it's not getting, not getting enough qualified applicants in general or getting qualified applicants, but they're also being a lot of competition and trying to, you know, be at the top of the list and, and be the most desirable place. So where do you feel you fall more as far as what you're up against right now? Yeah, that is a good point. Um, so obviously, you know, when you're first starting off, you're just looking for an independent contractor to come in and do a couple sessions for you. Uh, and that's how it starts. Uh, we have stepped over to offering, uh, we now offer health insurance to our training people on as employees, things like that. You have to kind of entice um, the new trainers, especially someone who's coming out of college, who's trying to look for, they don't really know what they're looking for. Uh, and if they're just going in being interviewed at a bunch of different gyms, you know, they're going to want to go to the one that gives the best benefits to them, gives the best options. Uh, and, you know, as a trainer, you know, you're looking for training sessions. You know, you don't start off with 40 hours or 50 hours a week. You start off with five, six, seven, probably. Uh, and that's one thing that we've kind of been able to do is when we hire someone on, we already have a pool of 
people that are looking for training sessions. So most of our trainers can start off, you know, with 20 hours a week minimum and kind of hit the ground running instead of having to have that slow buildup of, you know, there's that, that scary period of, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into uh, until it builds up. And luckily we don't have to do that for our, our uh, new trainers. Um, but I think it's an interesting time for hiring all around. Yeah, and I'm glad that you realized that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna restate it for people who are listening and and may have not caught it. If they're saying there aren't a lot of people that you can hire, you need to figure out how to be more attractive, whether it's feeding people clients, offering benefits, offering higher wages, offering, you know, any number of, of things. And most of us that are in the business have been trainers. So really it's a matter of just looking in the mirror and saying, like, what were the things that I would have done and everybody is not going to be you, but, you know, trying to make it more enticing because there's probably it's, it's worse to find somebody that you really want to hire. And then somebody else grabs them because, you know, they offer them, you know, um, you know, a better split or different benefits or something like that. So you really, it's a competitive market. It's not the way it used to be where, you know, people are just falling off the back of a turnip truck with a, you know, with a, a certificate and they just, they don't have anywhere to go. It's, you know, the value is getting over, it's coming. It's, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where we need to do that. So on the other side of things, when you are a valuable, uh, offering a valuable position to people, you're differentiating yourself, just getting those raw numbers of applicants up, uh, can be tough. So you said you've, you've used Indeed, uh, you've used other, have you used any of the fitness-based job boards? Like um, there's, you know, fitnessjobs.com, there's exercisejobs.com, there's uh, some of those generic fitness-based job boards. Have you guys had any experience with those? And what's your, what has it been like if you have? Uh, we really haven't used any of the fitness job boards. Um, mm -hmm. Most of ours have been just straight up job sites. Uh, really, the only reason we probably haven't is because we never use those personally ourselves. Uh, and the way I kind of see those is maybe those would be great for people that just now went out, got their certification, and then they posted themselves to that. Uh, and it's also, you know, your area. You know, we're in Lexington, Georgetown, and Winchester, Kentucky. Uh, you got to think of how many personal trainers are in that particular town. A lot of our trainers are even coming from out of town to train at the facilities that we have that maybe aren't in that bigger city. Um, and I think I might've mentioned earlier, we do reach out to all the universities around us uh, to try to get some of those uh, applicants that are looking for jobs. You know, they're about to graduate, they're fresh to the system, everything's fresh in their mind. They might just need that experience. Uh, so we do when we hire someone on, we try to keep them in a um, kind of introductory level. Uh, so they do a lot of job shadowing. They kind of see how our system works. It's not just, okay, jump off the boat and now start training. Uh, we kind of explain things in a little better detail for our applicants. Got it. Got it. One more thing that I wanted to, to run by you. And I think as a facility who's looking to grow and expand, this is something I've heard a couple of times now, and I'm interested in your take on it and whether it's something that you feel like might might fill your needs at some point. I've talked to um, a gym on the West Coast and a gym on the East Coast, 
And they basically either come up with their own certification program or have become a reseller of either NASM or one of the other certificate programs. So they are facilitating, people are paying them to get certified through them and in their facility. So they make that money. So there's the revenue stream there. And then they're just picking and choosing the best people that they want to keep as trainers. So they're, they're double dipping for lack of a better term. And it's like, this is cool because now you can, you can grow revenue. You can grow a, a base of trainers. And as you expand from three to four to 10 to a thousand locations, do you think that's something that might be down the road for you that you'd want to get involved in? Absolutely. Yeah, we are. It's actually something we're working on right now is coming up kind of with a standardized uh, way of testing for our trainers. That way they, uh, you know, yes, most of them probably come in with some other certification uh, or degree, but to have some sort of a standard that says, hey, they hit all of the marks that involved required to be able to be one of our trainers uh, and kind of pulling that from certifications and things like that, um, that we have taken before, whether that's nutrition, health coaching, or just personal training, kind of having one that's all around, not just teaching people how to lift weights, uh, but kind of covers the whole aspect of health. Absolutely. Fantastic. I love that you guys are, are open-minded and thinking forward to how can we, how can we continue to grow this? How can we manage it? but also how do we solve our own problems, right? You can look at outside sources and there are a lot of resources in the industry and thankfully that's growing, but knowing, hey, there are certain things, if, if we can help ourselves, we're gonna take obstacles out of the way and be able to scale this thing at a speed and with quality that we want. So uh, kudos to you for, for looking at things that way for sure. So. We are, uh, we're starting to run low on time here. So I always have my, uh, my favorite closing question at the ready. You guys have been in the business a few years now. You're on location two, heading to number three and beyond. Uh, is there anything that you'd love to go back and know sooner, piece of advice you'd like to give to you know three years ago uh, or that you think would be really helpful to share for people out here now that are either in it or thinking about getting in the business? Yes, you don't have to take on every opportunity that's thrown at you. Focus on what you want to do. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a big thing for us uh, was, you know, when you start the business, you're trying to do everything and learning that at some point, you know, I, I kind of felt like when we opened our business, we just kind of created a job for ourselves, not a business. Uh, so by kind of getting to that point and realizing, okay, we have to take a step away from doing all of the training sessions or doing so many training sessions, otherwise the business isn't going to move forward. It's just mm -hmm. going to be standing still. And I feel like a lot of fitness facilities out there right now, you know, the owner is also the number one trainer at the facility. And that's one thing that we are not the number one trainer at either of our two facilities. Uh, and we're okay with that. That's not what we're here. Uh, our job is to grow evolved and kind of realizing that. Um, and being able to take that step back to kind of grow the business, not just be the business. Perfect. Perfect. All right, you two, it's been a blast. I thank you for coming on and sharing. Um, I would hope, hope that we can check in on you a year or two down the road, see how many locations we're at and just, uh, 
keep seeing where things go for you and, and for Evolved. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you for having us. Uh, you're very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we thank you for being here with us. Thanks for taking time out of uh, your day. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep kicking butt. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Sandra from Burn Boot Camp in Florida. What's up, Sandra? How are you today? Hey, how are you, Bree? Happy Monday. Yes, happy Monday. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to uh, know that there's an opportunity for us owners to um, share best practices with each other and um, keep each other motivated, keep each other going, because it definitely has not been an easy uh, couple of uh, years here. So that is for sure. Yes, definitely good to connect with others and just share your experiences and maybe provide some value to somebody who is maybe struggling with something and kind of how you can overcome it. So definitely, definitely thank you for taking the time to do that today. So, all righty, let's jump right into the details here. How did you get started? What made you want to own not only one facility, but now two facilities at this point? Um, yeah, so I actually, okay, so if I kind of take it way back, um, I've always obviously been passionate about, passionate about health and fitness going back to like elementary school age, um, and just constantly always being that source of inspiration and knowledge to my friends from a health and fitness perspective on like, you know, what kind of food seed and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, even just, you know, kind of palling around with the guys and um, going in the weightlifting room, even um, back to like middle school age. Um, so then fast forward, I, I ended up, I thought I was going to go to school for physical therapy and then ended up totally switching gears because I went to school at a weird time where for whatever reason that HMOs just decided that it, they didn't want to pay for physical therapy. So I totally switched gears, went into the business direction and decided uh, on getting a degree in finance. So that if, at least if nothing else, I would know how to um, invest uh, whatever money I had made, although I hadn't figured out what job was going to generate those funds. Uh, but still, nonetheless, I was, in addition to just always um, being passionate about fitness, I was always good with numbers too. So got my finance degree, went into corporate America for a little over 10, about 15 years. Um, but again, always still had that passion for fitness, um, had my certification on the side and would just kind of uh, do um, little one-on-one -on -one training sessions with friends and family. And then it kind of got to the point with corporate where, although I enjoyed um, 
helping uh, folks achieve their goals as far as like sales management, um, I did not feel personally fulfilled. Um, I was just kind of tired of sitting at a desk all day and um, made a decision, um, you know, with my husband that I just didn't want, I, I was willing to walk away from the money because at that point I was up pretty high and making some pretty good money. Um, but, you know, again, because I just hated sitting in an office environment every day, I was willing to walk away from it and start from scratch and actually kind of start my own concept where I was just going to literally find a field somewhere and um, just kind of do like a boot camp style workout. And then as I created a following, I was going to, you know, just try and uh, grow it organically that way. Mm -hmm. Then I got pregnant <laughs> and my husband said, you know what, let's keep the group insurance for a little bit. So I kind of put that dream on a back burner for uh, a little bit. And then, um, Yes, when I did finally have uh, my daughter Emily, we did. Um, I did decide to stay at home, and while I was continuing to um, simmer the pot on starting my own personal training business, I um, came across Burn Bootcamp. And the great thing about them was they had Child Watch, so um, I finally had. 45 minutes to myself to just focus on myself while I, I let my child um, engage with other kids um, and get taken care of. And I felt that she was in a safe place while I had an opportunity to focus on myself for 45 minutes. Um, Cause it was getting to the point where she was crawling around. I was working out at home and I was really worried that, you know, she might get hurt because I, you know, I might be lifting a weight while she's crawling in between my feet or something like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but what was really cool about burn on top of the child watch was the fact that I never experienced the type of community that they had before, uh, before I found them. So I had never been a part of a CrossFit gym. Uh, the only thing that I knew was going to the big box gyms and just doing my own workouts, programming, you know, uh, my own leg days, my own arm days, uh, doing my own cardio, um, and kind of taking more of your typical bodybuilder approach. Um, so when I came across burn and saw that there was actually other people that were interested in health and fitness to the same level that I was, I, 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 you know, I was drinking the Kool-Aid pretty much from day one. Yeah. So, um, I became very involved as a member. Uh, and then shortly after that, um, they needed help in child watch. So I was like, you know what, it'll help pay for my membership. So I did that for a month. And, and again, I always had my certification, uh, and, and had kept it up. And then after that, uh, they said, you know what, uh, we need some help at the front desk. Can you help it at the front desk? So I did that for a few months. And then sure enough, shortly after that, uh, they needed help with uh, coverage of the camps with the trainers. So I started getting thrown in on the trainer schedule. So really before I knew it, like within less than a year, I pretty much knew full 360 what um, needed to happen in each area of the business model to make it work. Mm -hmm. um, because all three pieces are critical because um, Burn Bootcamp, even though we are open to all walks of life, you know, we, we offer co-ed camps um, and, you know, we will um, take in any fitness level, any age. Uh, I will say that we, our primary demographic is definitely um, your mom demographic. Um, so, and again, we're trying to expand away from that, um, mm -hmm. but, but that pretty much still is our bread and butter. So, um, so I make it a point to use the child watch as a differentiator, because if you look at the other, uh, fitness concepts out there, 
there really aren't too many that offer child watch and quite honestly when they do it's not that spectacular yeah. um, so i definitely make it a point that every time that i walk into child watch everything is nice and sanitized and clean that we have organized crafts and activities so that the moms that come in don't have the mom guilt when they come in so right. that they don't feel like oh i'm being selfish by taking 45 minutes for myself mm -hmm. no you're not because guess what your kids in there are making their own friends in there and they're doing fun little crafts and activities like you know we've got saint patty's day coming around the corner so we're going to have fun stuff like that stuff for easter stuff for springtime um so everyone's having fun and you know even at nighttime you have literally the whole family piling into the car and coming to camp and you've got dad and mom um you know getting healthier and and getting their exercise in while the kids are making friends in child watch um and then quite honestly uh my my secret uh tool that a lot of people don't realize is uh your kids become your accountability partners and my assistant trainers because when um you don't feel like coming in for camp then all of a sudden your kids turn to you and they go mom aren't we going to burn today i'm right? my friend you know <laughs> so that's kind of like my secret device that there nobody really realizes when they first sign up um so even though it doesn't seem like a big piece of the puzzle to me i intentionally make that a differentiator for myself um right. so you know any other business partners out there that they don't maybe officially offer it um you know i offer it as child watch it's not child care so we don't get into changing the diapers or the feedings or anything like that um and and we have it set up to where there's a window where um like let's say the first camp your child might have some separation anxiety we make sure that you know um whoever's in there can kind of hold your child up so that your child can see how hard you're working and guess what then i flip that on them because when they see their kids watching them in camp guess who works even harder yeah. <laughs> so um so there's many many benefits to having child watch um during you know those kind of normal camp times uh then you've got um the front desk and that's where you know that person i look at them as kind of the concierge for your camp experience so if you've never done a burn boot camp before this person is going to literally walk like greet you at the door and make sure that you understand you know how this whole thing works and um, ease any anxieties that you might have make sure that all your needs are taken care of uh, make sure that the trainer is aware if you have any limitations like back issues or knee issues or anything like that um and then of course the trainer uh provides you know in, in a way the majority of the experience but making sure that that trainer has high energy um is very experienced and knowledgeable so that um, everyone is safe but still feeling challenged um and basically you know as long as you're walking away feeling relatively challenged and nice and sweaty by the end of camp then mission accomplished yeah um, so yeah you know just being able to experience all three of those roles firsthand um really gave me a lot of confidence going into it from an ownership standpoint now granted yes. once you get into an ownership standpoint i just had um a gal call me the other day that was interested in opening her own burn boot camp uh like down in like palm beach and um she said you know i'm just really tired of being in the health uh, health care industry she wanted to be on the front end where people are proactively becoming yeah. healthier instead of taking care of folks on the back end when they're not mm -hmm. so healthy right um but i said you know what here's the thing 
you definitely have to be passionate about it and you have to be prepared to kind of like what you were saying, Brianna, you were working 24 seven to right. get the, what the goals that you wanted to achieve. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. You really have to be passionate enough about it that you are willing to literally work 24 seven, because that is what it's going to take to get you to where you want to be. Um, and granted, once you get there, um, yeah, you can kick back for a little bit, but then things like quarantine happen and then you've got to kick it up a notch again, or you've got, um, I don't know if any other gym owners experience this, but um, uh, what do they call it? The big um, resignation where, you know, so many folks have just decided to quit their jobs. Um, and now it's just really challenging to actually find folks that want to work at the various capacities within the gym. Mm -hmm. So so that's kind of been my most recent challenge um, because of course you wanna bring on the right person. You don't wanna just bring on a warm body. You wanna bring on someone that um, understands your mission and really embraces it mm -hmm. and is able to, um, to share that vision with uh, new folks coming through the door. Um, right. so, but yeah, Brianna, I mean, I like what you said about how you, I'm sure you were wearing a lot of different hats Oh, whenever yeah. you were yeah absolutely 24 7 yeah. right <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it never really stops you know I was getting messages at 2 a.m <laughs> so yes. you know it never never really stops or slows down um yeah until you can get people in place to help you out which is very important it is just uh typically very challenging to get the right people in the right places to be able to step back yes. a little bit and focus more so on the actual business which is what's necessary for growth uh but sometimes it's hard to be able to get to that point um yeah and that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's definitely the challenging part. You know, when I owned just the Palm Harbor location, I very much could just kind of be everywhere at once. Um, and again, because I was so passionate about it, I really didn't mind coming back in the evenings to help out if, if I saw that there were maybe issues with um, uh, membership conversion in the evenings or something like that and try and pinpoint like where the issues are. But then once you um, double down and you go to a second location, then yes, you really need to learn how to delegate and let go of some of that. And I think that's kind of where I'm at right now is trying to um, solidify those people that I can lean in on a little bit more. Um, but it's it's hard to let go, especially when you're kind of like a type A person and yes. you know exactly how you want things to go. And But you literally cannot be in two places at one time. So that's exactly. the challenging part right now. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That was super challenging for myself as well. It was really hard for me to delegate tasks and let go because I wanted to be in control of everything. Yeah. And I was so concerned about the level of service that it was like, well, I'll just do it myself because then I don't have to worry about it. Yes. You know? But it's like, you can only do so much. And especially if yeah. you have two locations and you're trying to balance everything, it's like, you can't be in two places at once. So yep. you do need the right people in the right places and also, uh, the right systems in place for things to be able to run like a well-oiled machine. And if that's not happening, then it's like extra work on top of it all. Um, so it can definitely be challenging and definitely require you to wear so many hats as the gym owner. Yeah. And that's where, you know, just having, 
implementing more structure. And again, that's kind of where I'm at right now is like identifying and understanding that we, you know, as much as I wanted to get away from corporate and all that structure, I'm finding that I need to re-implement structure again, because otherwise it's just, it's just nuts. And then you're just constantly like the Dutch boy trying to fill the gaps constantly. Um, right. So, so yeah, like we're at this point now where we're, you know, writing up more processes and procedures just to make sure that it's clear um, because you can take for granted that um, you know, you have a certain vision in your head and maybe you verbally said it once over here or in passing over there, but maybe it hasn't been fully communicated to the team in an yes. appropriate way. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is just right. being a little bit more formal with it, you know? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. People don't like to admit it, but they like structure. Yeah. You know, people thrive when they have structure. Um, but we, we don't always like to admit it because sometimes I think there's like a negative connotation there. Like you said, mm -hmm. you don't like necessarily corporate, like you were trying to kind of get away from that. But the structural yeah. piece of it is super helpful, especially as far as growing goes. So yeah. now within the membership base at each location, how many members are you serving at each location currently? So right now I'm sitting at 350 at Palm Harbor. And then um, we just opened up Largo in July and we're sitting at pretty much 200 right now. Okay. So both locations are definitely uh, thriving, but there's always uh, more room for growth, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the way the burn model is set up, it's a little bit different than, you know, and I don't need to throw other names out there, but if you think of other boutique uh, fitness concepts like an F45 or an Orange Theory, I mm -hmm. think uh, their model is based on a little bit smaller square footage. Um, and then obviously they're going to be have a limited camp size. Uh, whereas with us, uh, we do have a little bit more square footage. So we're not necessarily limited by camp size. So the other advantage that I have is that um, I'm always going to differentiate myself by, by letting folks know, hey, you know, our mission at Burn is to get um, to make it as easy and convenient as possible for you to come in for camp. So um, while you might have a set camp time that you typically come to, if something comes up with the kids, with school, like today, you know, if they have a day off of school or something like that, or uh, something happened with your husband's schedule or whatnot, um, mm -hmm. you can pop into whatever camp time works for you. Right. Um, and we're still at a point where, you know, folks can just pop in and it's not a big deal for them to just show up right before camp, sign in on the iPad at the front desk and they can get their burn in. Um, and, and I like being able to offer that to our members. So we're still at a good point where we can definitely offer that. Uh, my Palm Harbor space is about 5,600 square feet. So plenty of room to spread yeah. out. And we're always conscientious to make sure we take full uh, utilization of um, the rubber flooring, the floating floor, uh, the space underneath our pull-up rig, um, and then same thing at Largo. So everyone feels, you know, not cramped at all or anything right. like that. Um, so yeah, so that's how we, you know, that's, a big selling point too for us is that making yeah. it as convenient as possible and offering several camp times a day that should fit in with most folks' schedules. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Convenience is super important because it's hard enough for people to convince themselves to get to the gym as it is. So having yeah. enough times available and allowing people to be able to come in to basically every time that you have and not really limiting the space there is definitely helpful. Um, 
so now as far as getting the word out there about your facility, how are you going about doing that? What does marketing look like? Are we doing any paid advertising? Are we mostly word of mouth referrals? What does that look like? Yeah, um, great question. I will say initially we very, very, very much leaned on Facebook. Um, and yeah. that was a very, you know, bountiful well initially. Um, but, you know, as they continue to make changes, um, with, you know, their privacy things and everything like that. Um, mm -hmm. We're finding that's definitely more challenging, but between Facebook and referrals is definitely our primary sources of leads for sure. Um, because, you know, um, word of mouth is holds so much more value than anything else. Um, if you have a friend that refers you to a doctor, to a dentist, to a daycare, right. uh, or to a gym, like you're going to trust that person's word over honestly, like anything that you'll see on Facebook, you know, right. So one, one referral there, um, is, is going to have a lot more weight. So mm -hmm. we definitely, you know, lean on our current members to help us spread the word. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, in addition to that, we're trying to branch out into other areas and just get, it was a little bit difficult, you know, post quarantine initially to get more involved in the community because there weren't a whole lot of community events going on. Right. Uh, but now it seems like for the most part, the five K's are coming back and everything. Um, so just trying to look, for more opportunities within the local school system, within the local races, um, local festivals, things like that, where we can um, just try and um, reach out to the community more organically. Um, and then, you know, looking for ways to maybe utilize Google a little bit more than we have in the past, um, just to, you know, try and uh, get the word out in as many different avenues as possible. Because as I'm sure you yes. all know, um, you know, I think they said back in the day, if you hit somebody 20 times, then the message would be heard. But I think now it's probably like at least a hundred times with how much everyone gets bombarded with messages on Facebook and Instagram. And now you got to worry about TikTok and all this other stuff. Um, so as many different ways as we can, um, you know, make our presence known, um, then hopefully at some point it'll translate and they'll give us a try. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it takes multiple points of contact with the same person for them to actually take action. Um, and super important, you made a really good point there, having, I like to call it multiple poles in the water as far yeah. as advertising goes, because you can't rely on one source all the time. And when we talk about word of mouth, those absolutely are the best leads that we can get. However, sometimes those tend to run out a little bit. You know, people only know so many people and they only know so many people that are actually interested in fitness and they only know so many people who are interested in fitness and actually actively looking for a place to go. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes those things run out a little bit. So then if mm -hmm. we have other polls in the water, like the paid advertising through Facebook, like the community events, then that tends to allow us to take advantage of as many lead sources as possible and, and get the most amount of people in the door, which is important. Now, how many new faces on average are you seeing per month right now, would you say? Well, I mean, we, you know, of course, with the new year, we saw a little spike uh, per month. I mean, anywhere from 20 to 50, it just, you know, really kind of, it does definitely ebb and flow for sure. Um, and, you know, it depends on what else is going on in the community. We did 
you know, unfortunately, there was another gym in the area that recently went out of business where it was a similar concept. So we did get a little bit of a bump from that um, mm -hmm. because um, they were able to see where, you know, we were able to offer a little bit more and 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 quite honestly that owner did a really good job of building the community to where they did really want to try and stay together as much as possible so yeah. definitely a lot of kudos uh to that to that business owner um but you know and it's just uh, kind of a a reminder of you know what can happen um in this kind of an environment where um it just was really tough waters to navigate so uh, definitely, you know, don't, um, I, I, I feel for that business owner. Um, and, and, and I don't, uh, I don't envy their position. And obviously, I'm sure that they, they didn't want to have to close doors, but it, it did come down to that. And fortunately, we, you know, we were kind of a good alternative for these folks to, um, right. they already had the habit and they wanted to continue the habit, which was great to hear. Yes. Now, another thing, uh, as far as you talk about the poles in the water, another thing that has worked really well for us is working with other business partners, not necessarily in the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. So I've got a lot of um, members that um, own their own hair salons um or you know uh, massage um therapy uh spas things like that so i definitely partner with them as well or meal prep places so where it's kind of in a way related you know self-care kind of type things right um and i've partnered with them as well um so obviously i have a meal prep place that i partner with so that you're kind of getting some crossover both ways uh, and then like with your hair salons and things like that, um, I've actually got one uh, salon owner that she offered to come in like before the camps or so what I've done is kind of triple stacked my Saturdays where I'll offer a free yoga before the camp start offer the, the couple of camps and you can, you know, bring your friend in. And then um, this uh, hairstylist, she offered to just put sparkle hair in people's hair for free. So that oh, kind yes. of attracted folks with kids or with girls that wanted to have like a little bit of sparkle hair. Um, and just by kind of triple stacking the events for the morning, um, I've seen where, and I've done it like a, a few times now where it really generates a really good turnout because if you just say, oh, come in for a free camp, then people are like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll try it next month. But if we've right. got like multiple things going on and people kind of make it like a full morning event um, and they know that they're getting a lot of value out of it, we've definitely seen some really good turnout with that. Um, and it's it was super simple. It's like this gal just literally ties the sparkle tinsel at the top of the hair. It takes her like not even a few minutes. And these these the the little girls and the moms even were going crazy for it. So yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that recently. That's funny yeah. that you bring it up. I was just talking about that with somebody the other day. So that's funny that you bring that up. But yeah, I mean that's a good idea to kind of get people to actually show up because like yeah. you said, it's like if it's just the the free boot camp, they're like, eh, okay, yeah, I've been meaning to try it, but like it's easy to push it off, right? But mm -hmm. if there's something else there that they can get out of it while they're there, then they're far more likely to actually show up. So yeah. that's fantastic. Now uh, one piece that I love to talk about that gym owners and personal trainers typically don't love so much is the sales process. Mm -hmm. so, 
I think people kind of just look at the sales process in the wrong way because they're like afraid to ask for money, but they don't think about the lives that they're changing in the process. Mm -hmm. So something that I always love to talk about. So what does your sales process look like? Once somebody shows interest in coming in, being a part of the facility, how do you kind of walk them through to the point where they actually get signed up and committed to a membership? Yeah, well, kind of like our, um, if you want to call it like an evergreen um, offer is a free seven day test drive. Mm -hmm. Now with New Year's, like we had like a four week challenge kind of a thing. Um, so it, you know, the timing becomes a little bit different, but our typical offer is the free seven day test drive. Um, and, you know, and how we like to pose that is, you know, it gives you an opportunity to see how it fits within your weekly schedule so you can figure out which camp time works the best for you um, and, and, and give it a, a literal test drive for the week. Um, and the process that we had um, maybe not even six months ago was, hey, just let them experience it. Don't let them get hung up on the pricing because we want them to see the value first before we, we get into the pricing. But mm -hmm. recent, more recently, um, Burn Bootcamp as an organization has decided, you know what? Let's let them know day one what the pricing looks like um, and then just see what their initial reaction is after their first camp. And quite honestly, we found that um, that has been working much better. Um, yeah. And the thought is, is that, you know, burn is we're we're a family, we're, you know, you're all family members when you join the community. So, you know, you're kind of doing them a disservice when you don't let them see what it takes to become a member of the family. So mm -hmm. we definitely make a point. We've got like a, a pretty detailed checklist of, cause they say first impressions are everything, right? So we wanna make sure that we're executing on that first camp experience um, you know, the, from the minute they walk through the door, we're greeting them with a warm smile. You've got the person at the front desk that there's, that is like basically their concierge for that seven day test drive and for that first camp experience. Um, so they're going to make sure obviously sign the waiver and everything. Um, but then also show them where they can store their belongings, where the bathrooms are, where the water fountain is, show them around the gym a little bit, um, ask them, you know, hey, do you have any kids? Would you ever have a need for child watch? If so, we introduce them to the child watch staff, um, introduce them to the trainer and everything. Um, and then let them know like, hey, you know, after your camp, come see me at the front desk. We want to get you set up with, because um, in addition to the unlimited camps that are uh, within Burn Boot Camp, you also are, are able to take advantage of unlimited nutritional guidance. So we do that in the form of what we call 15 minute focus meetings. So ideally we want them to experience Experience that focus meeting on day one as well. So they're really getting, really being able to see as much value as we can show on that first day. Because um, just like everybody else's life, who knows what's going to happen after that first day. So we want to mm -hmm. really, really make sure that they understand um, everything that's available to them if they do decide to, to join the burn family. So, um, you know, they experience camp, the trainer is going to make sure that we have multiple touch points with them, um, make sure that they take care of any modifications that that person might need. Um, and then at the end of camp, um, both the trainer and the front desk are going to work together to make sure that that person, um, number one, we take, we call it like a um, first camp selfie. We make sure that they feel welcomed into the community. We take a picture. We ask them if they have a handle on Instagram so that we can tag them. 
um, because they should be proud. They just completed uh, their first camp. And some of these folks have don't have a fitness routine. So this right. is like a really big deal for them. So we want to share um, in that victory with them. And then um, uh, basically, you know, we have them come back up to the front desk, ask them how how they like it, how they're feeling, um, and you know, nine times out of ten, they they love it, and they and they're ready to come back for more because they're ready for change. They came to us for a reason because there is a need that they're trying to fulfill, um, and 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 after experiencing that camp, they found that this could potentially fulfill that need that they have. Um, so then we pretty much get right into the price uh, presenting and um, talk to them about, you know, before they even come into camp, we're, we're trying to understand as much as we can about them, you know, hey, or uh, let's just make up a scenario. Oh, I'm getting ready to get married in six months. So I just want to look really good in my wedding dress. Okay, well, guess what? We have a six month membership that you could take advantage of. Mm -hmm. um, how does that sound to you? Um, and then letting them, reassuring them that they would have 30 days to totally change their mind um, and um, letting them know that this isn't like any other gym membership where, you know, we get you to sign up and then we don't care if you show up. No, that doesn't make me feel good if you pay this money every month and you don't come into camp. Yeah. So if you don't come into camp for a week, guess who's going to be calling you and asking you where you're at, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. So reassuring them like, Hey, number one, you would have 30 days to totally change your mind. I don't want you signing up for something and, and being hesitant and scared or nervous. I want you to understand that I'm the owner. I'm here every day. Um, and you know, if I'm not necessarily the one price presenting, uh, letting them know that, um, you know, we do have ownership that is very, um, active and, and I'm literally there all the time. Um, to where they don't have to feel like they're trying to, um, if, if something comes up, if a life event comes up to where they just can't make it into camp, that they'll have to jump through hoops of fire to um, right. put their account on hold or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, because uh, quite honestly, I experienced that myself and I hated that. I hated yeah. um, feeling like I have to get some kind of a certified letter to 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 cancel my membership. Like, I, I don't want anyone to ever feel like that. Right. Um, I mean, I want you to make a commitment, not only uh, to us as a community, but to yourself, obviously. Uh, but if something unforeseen comes up, then yes, I mean, we're here for you. We're here, we're here to be a supportive community for you in whatever way that we can. So, um, you know, quite honestly, when we're open and honest like that, um, they're going to be open and honest right back and they're going to let us know, yeah, let's go ahead and do this. Or I still need a few days to think about it. And then we kind of let it simmer until we get to the end of the week. And then from there we can evaluate like, okay, is this a good fit? Is this not a good fit? And really trying to understand, um, you know, what the objections are and, um, and work through those objections. Um, and, you know, but just coming from a place of authenticity, not from a like car salesman type approach. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a place of caring about their goals and, and wanting to help them achieve those goals. Yes. Um, exactly. Now, are there any incentives for them to sign up on day one, like a first day discount or anything of that nature to get them to kind of yeah. Push past that little level of maybe uncertainty um, and get them to commit to their goals on day one. Yeah, I will say uh, what we did with um, just coming off of the whole New Year's thing was that we said, hey, um, if you decide to commit right now, 
I literally threw the whole kitchen sink at them. I was like, okay, we're going to discount. You're not only going to get a discounted rate that you'll get to keep for the life of your membership. We'll also give you like a deep discounted first month. And I'm going to give you a free shirt and I'm going to give you a free shaker. Um, and by the time I, I, and I would even during camp, I would look at who, um, yeah, I would kind of like look at how they were dressed during camp and I would I would pick a shirt for them that I thought they would like and even like figure out like what size would work best for them. And I would literally like have it hanging on the front desk so that when they, they finished camp, I would say, I've got so many goodies for you. You are not going to be able to turn down this offer. Um, and I mean, I, I had like a 90% close rate with that combo, that combo of the discounted pricing, the shirt, the shaker. I mean, women are not going to turn down free clothes, you know? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right. Or so a good now, deal, any kind of a good deal, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And I say women, but quite honestly, I mean, again, like we do have, it is a co-ed. We do have men um, that work out with us, mm -hmm. but quite honestly, it is still 90% uh, women. Um, and we definitely encourage men and, um, but nine times out of 10, it is like the significant other of one of our female members um, mm -hmm. and they fit right in. And we have male trainers too. So that, um, you know, in a way I do think encourages uh, more, of a male membership base. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, we're definitely still, um, you know, I mean, the, the shirts that we have now, it's, they're so, um, the high quality and we change up the, the style. So, um, I mean, people want these shirts. They go nuts for the shirts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. All right. So now I, I really want to touch on your, main focuses and your goals for 2022 where are you directing most of your attention within the business for 2022 mm -hmm. um so you know I, during winter break i was able to read a few different books to just kind of sharpen my pencil um and to your point there's only like one to three main goals that you can focus on and if we have uh you know too many like siloed goals uh for yourself, number one, it's too difficult to focus on that. But then to be able to try and communicate that to your team is very confusing too. So between the two gyms, we literally have two numbers that we're focused on. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so, and that's just our active member count. So we've got numbers that we're trying to achieve by the end of the year, um, but they understand that there's two pieces to that puzzle. Number one, uh, getting new people into the door, but then, and then, and really knocking the ball out of the park with that first camp experience and with that first week experience and, and, and having those folks um, convert into a membership, but then also keeping the current members happy. So yeah. um, it's, it's definitely a lot of balls to juggle, even though it's one number, but uh, that's obviously the most effective number for everyone to focus on. So every morning we will pull that report and we communicate those numbers to the teams uh, between the two gym locations and they know what our goals are um, and then and they know the pieces of the puzzle that we need to make sure that 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 we hit on those goals so every week we're trying to 
make make movement in those numbers. Uh, obviously, up, not down. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and and when we you know are stalemating or we don't see that number moving in the right direction, then you know we're, we're taking a deeper dive to try and understand like what is causing that and and obviously trying to stop that from continuing. So. Yes, yes, absolutely. So now, uh, one question on the retention side of things. So is tension, is retention, not tension, we don't want tension. <laughs> is retention typically good for you? Are you retaining those clients for a long period of time, typically? And then yeah. with that, are there other services that you're offering within the facility? Obviously, you've got the child watch. Uh, so that's huge. Um, but any I think you said something about nutrition along the way. Uh, so yeah. any like nutrition accountability services that are additional services that people can kind of add on to their memberships to mm -hmm. have a higher level of service to get better results, because typically that leads to people sticking around longer. Um, so two-part question, is retention yeah. typically good? And then two, are there any other services that you're offering within the facility? Yeah, I will say, you know, we we still have a members, uh, the, the majority of our member base has literally been with us since day one at Palm Harbor. Yes. So I definitely feel very good about that. Um, and, you know, if you ask any of those, I call them the OGs, Yes. And they're going to tell you we're not going anywhere, um, which which obviously, you know, um, fills my heart to hear that because I would hate to see them go anywhere else. Um, and yeah, the, a big piece of what helps with the retention is um, that nutritional guidance. It's really more than nutritional guidance. We call it focus meetings, but um, and we do have an in-body scale that will give them a report of exactly what's going on with their body composition. And of course, you know, after Christmas, the body composition doesn't look as, as good as it did before Christmas. Um, and, but, you know, the thing that we try and reemphasize with them constantly is that it's, it's not, it's never going to be just this straight linear line. There's always going to be little bumps in the road. Um, but what's the important thing is if we know that we've fallen off the wagon, that we do a reading so that we understand what the numbers look like today. And really the most important part is the change from that number um, and making sure that we're heading back in the right direction. Um, and quite honestly, it's not always about those in-body readings either. Uh, that's just one of our tools that we use. But those focus meetings are meant to be exactly what it sounds like, an opportunity for the trainer to focus with you on what your focus and or goals are. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, you might be in maintenance mode. If you're somewhere, if you're a female and you're somewhere between 18 and 28% uh, percent body fats, um, that's not a, that's a pretty darn good place to be um, mm -hmm. considering, you know, the majority of Americans, unfortunately. Um, so but meanwhile, you've got the folks that are in the zone already and they still want to inch, inchworm it even more uh, in, in, down. Um, so then sometimes you have to have that conversation of, okay, this is, this is like a game of golf. It's never going to be perfect. And it's always going to be that balance of, okay, I want to achieve 15% body fat. I want to have a couple glasses of wine over the weekend. So right. what is that yes. sweet spot for you? Um, so sometimes you kind of have to talk them off the ledge, quite honestly, of, yes. of trying to take it too far from one extreme to the other and beating themselves up unnecessarily. Because 
because there is that sweet spot. You have to live life. Um, yes. But um, but yeah, that focus meeting, it could not even be related to weight or body composition at all. It could just be, I've really fallen off the wagon with my meal prep. I just need um, like a little kickstart, like give me some ideas to help get back on the bandwagon, or it could be totally performance related. So, uh, you know, again, if we're in that zone, we've got a good routine with our, with our nutrition, uh, let's talk about how we can kick it up a notch with, uh, with our deadlifts, with, um, with, you know, achieving an unassisted pull-up, or maybe we've just realized like, Hey, I need a little bit more focus on my form with specific exercises. So those are the opportunities, um, to just have more one-on-one -on -one time with the personal trainers about whatever you would like to talk about. So those, you know, that we have definitely seen like through reporting and everything where when we don't have the focus meetings, we see a lower level retention. When we have, you know, a better cadence with the focus meetings, we have better retention. So they definitely go hand in hand. Like, you know, as much as people love that group fitness environment, they still do want that one-on-one -on -one time where it's just strictly about them and what their needs are. Yes, absolutely. That accountability goes a long way as far as just keeping people on track and helping them get better results. And if they get better results, then they're typically sticking around longer. And then mm -hmm. also I'm sure that there's a lot of trust built there with the trainers. And then yes. also that community aspect, just with the other people who are experiencing some of those same things along the way. So mm -hmm. I'm sure those things go a long way as far as keeping people around longer and helping them get better results. Yeah. And, you know, and flip side on the retention, I mean, we've also had a pretty good trainer retention as well. Like with Palm Harbor, it's, we've literally had the same three trainers since day one. So I think that right. goes a long way too, because we have had members coming from other fitness concepts and they're like, that's one of the main reasons why I decided to join you guys, because it's, um, it's frustrating, you know, especially with somebody that has knee issues or arthritis or something like that. And you've gone through the explanation of these are the kinds of modifications that I need. Um, and, and that trainer really gets to understand you on a deeper level. Nothing's more frustrating than when they leave and then you have to start all over again with the new yes. trainer. So yes. absolutely. Yeah. So and just, you know, that continuous rapport with yes. um with the same trainer like day in day out and you guys are in the grind together so it definitely goes a long way yes for sure it's important to have a good relationship and and trust the trainer that you're working with as well so being able mm -hmm. to meet in those same trainers i'm sure that's gone a long way with your your clients yes. or members as well and they've been super reliable and i i mean i'm very very lucky that I started out with the crew that I did because they have just been so great to me from a business owner perspective. And, and I, and obviously that translates to the, to the members as well. So, Definitely. so yeah, pretty, I, you know, pretty lucky that I, and it was kind of serendipitous how I found both trainers too. So uh, definitely very lucky to have um, come across their paths. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it was meant to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. All right. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? 
we've got our own Instagram page. So burn bootcamp, Palm Harbor, burn bootcamp, Largo, um, and, uh, burn bootcamp just in general has a great following as well. Um, and then obviously we're on Facebook, um, and we're starting to get into TikTok now a little bit. So, <laughs> oh yes, that's where it's going. TikTok. <laughs> yes. So we just, I, I, I actually had the members do like the little drop it challenge the other day. So that's awesome. And they were all like super excited. They're like, are you serious? Like we're doing the drop it challenge. So there's those yeah. things. And honestly, you know, I've done stuff like that in the past too. Like, especially during quarantine, you know, you want to find ways to keep, cause we, we went into a zoom environment back then. So, um, you know, like, I don't know if you remember, but tiger King was kind of big back then. Yes. So I actually did like a zoom camp where it was like tiger King theme. And like, I named oh the gosh. different exercises after the different characters, yes, like surfer burpees was one of the guys in it and everything. And then when that, uh, karate kid reboot came out, we mm -hmm. did like kind of a, a karate themed camp and everything. So, and everyone had the Cobra Kai shirts on. It was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome as far as keeping people engaged and just building the community and having fun that's, that's oh yeah amazing. i love that awesome yeah. all right so sandra from burn boot camp in florida thank you so much for taking the time to join us today it's been amazing having you on the show yeah thank you as well so honored to be on thank you so much absolutely and to all of the listeners out there make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show in the meantime keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side jim lords out thank you for listening to the podcast so far don't go anywhere we still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors the Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. It is your host, Jenna. I am here today with Katie Balthrop with Savannah Sports and Wellness out of Savannah, Georgia. How are you doing today, Katie? I'm great. Thanks, Jenna. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So first thing I do want to say um, before we kind of get started here is I want to thank you for joining us today. I think it always says a lot when a, when a gym owner is able to kind of step out of their, their busy day-to-day and hop on and do something like this, one, to grow um, and learn more, but two, to also give back to the people in the same industry. So I think that's huge. Yeah, cool. my pleasure. Awesome, awesome. So let's do this, Katie. Let's lay out the scene, paint the picture for the listeners to, to fully understand where, you know, your background in the industry, right? So what got you into the industry and what has led you to where you're at now, 2022? Sure. Um, I, uh, I started... Um, 
in group fitness. So I, my undergrad studies are completely unrelated to the sciences that I work with every day now. And um, I realized that I kind of picked the wrong thing when I was 18. And I've always loved fitness and being in shape and working out. So I decided that I wanted to turn my hobby into my job. So I started in group fitness and realized that that wasn't quite enough. I didn't know enough. Um, I went back and got my personal training certification and just um, worked with individual clients. I loved that. And then I decided that I really wanted to go back to school and really get um, my science background because I wanted to work with special populations and different types of people. So I went back um, to school and got my master's of science in sports medicine. And when I was done, I couldn't find a place that I wanted to work. So I knew that I wanted um, a place that had not just typical athletes, but people that were just needed something more and needed someone who knew a little more about um, injuries or recovery or something funny or interesting going on. So I opened my own studio. I couldn't find a place to work. So I made my own space. And um, so, yeah, it's been open. Savannah Sport and Wallace has been open for um, coming up on five years. So I've been doing it for 15 years, but finally have arrived at my own, Mm -hmm. my own business. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. I think, you know, most of the time it's definitely like, okay, you know, I love the industry. I love working out myself. I love helping people. Um, And then it's like, okay, well, naturally the next step is I'm going to open my own space. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's, it's interesting because it's like, okay, I have the certifications, I have the education, I have the knowledge of the industry to go and be a personal trainer and really submerge myself in the industry. But then now you're kind of, you were put into this place of, okay, I'm a trainer and I have this passion, but now I'm a business owner. Now, you know what I mean? So like, you're like, I didn't go to school for that. So, but you're like, you know what? We're doing it. Like, I'm going to be a business owner and we're, we're going to do this. If I can't find a space, then we're going to make one. And I love that. Um, so that's pretty cool. Okay. Awesome. So Katie, what next thing that I want to, you know, kind of walk the listeners through is the breakdown of just your services at the facility. So we can really get a full understanding of the business model itself and what all you offer. And what a, what a day at uh, Savannah Sport and Wellness is like. Sure. Uh, so I started out on my own, just taking personal and small group training clients. Um, now I have uh, five other trainers who work as independent contractors. They pay a flat rate to the studio. So we all charge the same. Um, I am pretty picky about who works with me. So everyone has an, at least one, if not an advanced science degree. So I have five trainers. I have a massage therapist who is fantastic. So we offer massage and we have a dietitian coming on in about a month. Um, so a registered dietitian. Um, so sort of beginning to really build um, my wellness um, uh, empire, my wellness, my full wellness facility. Um, and I also am excited. I just brought on a, um, an athletic trainer who does some other things that, um, it's great to have people that have skills that I don't have. So he can do, um, some hands-on things that, um, are out of my scope. So, um, yeah, so we see, um, there's usually four or five of us seeing clients, um, on the floor and massage going on in the back and hopefully lots of nutrition clients coming in. Yeah. So it's pretty busy. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think it says a lot, you know, from a business perspective that you're like, okay, like, could I, could I maybe go learn some of these things? Yeah, but I don't have bandwidth as one person 
to be able to do all of these things for the facility because I'm also now a business owner. So it's huge because you're bringing in, you know, a dietitian, you have someone doing massage, you know, all of these different things to really add to the value of your facility. Um, so that's huge. Um, and then, so right now, how many um, members are you serving? Or I guess just to give us an idea of how many people you are, you know, taking care of and working with in a day's time, month's time. We, sure. We count, we count people um, or we count our um, volume of work in, in member hours or service hours. Um, we don't really count members because we want to know how many times a um, or how many hours a person is working in a week um, because every hour is dedicated to a single person or up to three people. Mm -hmm. So we, um, I see about um, 25 to 30 client hours per week, which um, leaves me the weekends to work on the business. I'm trying to, um, you know, reduce my client load. I've got a, two other full-time, so 25 to 30 hour uh, per week trainers. And then when I've got some people who, it, and I love this, it's kind of their side hustle. So we have a cardiac nurse who has been trained in um, a number of, you know, personal training modali modalities, and she just loves picking up clients. So yeah. we have some people that only want to work, you know, four or five hours a week, which is great. And I, you know, I welcome everyone to come and bring their skills. So. Yeah. And I think, I think it, you know, says a lot about you as a business owner that you're like, you know, like I would like to lower my, my clientele count a little bit. And, you know, I think, I guess my question to you, is that for the goal to, to view the business more at a bird's eye view and, and be on the back end and, you know, become the most successful or kind of what is the, the reason for, you know, stepping back a little bit? Yeah, it's been really, um, this year has been challenging because, what I love to do is to work with people. You know, I love, I love science. I love one-on-one -on -one training. I love being able to help people. That's why I got into it. And um, when I fill my week with client hours, I'm not growing my business. I'm not out having meetings with my peers. I'm not out meeting my business advisor. I'm not out doing presentations to, for example, physical therapy groups or meeting with other gym owners in town. If I don't block that time um, mm -hmm. for growing the business and for admin, and I suppose um, some people who, most gym owners or most small business owners know that there's a lot of work on the back end. So my, my goal going forward is to be able to create time in my day where I'm still at the studio and, and engaging with everybody and just you know being at the place that I love to be, but working on growth for my trainers and for my business. Um, and I'm, I'm stuck between that. I think a lot of people get stuck between that, between working at their job and or working at their business and growing their business. So I'm right at that tipping point. So that's why I'm trying to you know, adjust my day. Yeah, and I think it's pretty cool that you're also able to kind of be aware of that, you know, in the space, in the moment of like, okay, I know a lot of people get stuck here and I don't necessarily want to get stuck here in this limbo of um, where I'm still like, I'm a personal trainer or I'm a business owner. It's, you can simultaneously be both. Um, right. But, you know, there's a point where it's like, okay, we got to be more hands on the business rather than hands in. Because if we're in, we can never really see it at an angle any different way. And um, it's interesting, you know, because at, to start with, you, you, you essentially did create a job for yourself 
to some capacity, like, you know what, I can't find anywhere to work at. And I, and I put on all of this time and all of this work, I'm going to create my own facility. But now it's like, okay, I didn't just create a job for me for the heck of it. I want this to be the best that it can be, you know what I mean? It's that transition there, which is an exciting time also. Um, but okay. So something that, um, I want to touch on is now we, you know, we have an understanding of the, the services, your operations. And so right now, are you in a place, I know you're at 85 total training hours, client hours, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are yeah. we wanting to, to grow that, expand that, or are we kind of happy with where we're at right now? Well, I think, I think you said it well to say, um, I've hit my bandwidth. I've hit my bandwidth in the physical space I'm in and in my hours per day. So my my goal for um, this year or within 18 months or so is to find a bigger space. I want more trainers working um, all the time. I want to be a little more visible um, in our community. So there's some really, really fun areas in Savannah that are growing. So um, I, want to, I want to be where there is an experience around my facility. You know, people can um, shop at other places nearby and get a cup of coffee and then come in. And I want to be able to um, offer, uh, you know, two massage rooms going at once. I want my athletic trainer to have his own room all the time. And I want, I just want full schedules. And I can't do that if I'm not in a bigger space where people aren't on top of each other um, because it gets a little crowded. And I just, you know, I, I had a meeting recently with um, someone I discussed business with and his, his perspective was really interesting. It was like, you've, you've maxed out the, the small studio world. And if you like it and you want to stay there and kind of just hang out in your 2000 square feet, that's great, but that's not what I want. So it was really helpful for him to sort of push me toward, well, square footage matters, go get a bigger space and start, you know, finding more people to come and offer services for sure. And, you know, there's, there's the ultimate way to, to, to grow and, and be the most successful is to, in, in a lot of ways, get new clients, get them to spend more in some capacity of a, any, a certain service, right. And then get them to stay longer. Like we want to keep them. Right. So from, from there, it's, there's, there's two ways of growth. And one of those, Hey, let's get new members, new members, new members. Um, and then, but there's a point where, you know, 2,500 square feet, you're, you're, you're limited to how many, how much growth you can really have. Right. So from there, it's like, okay, our other option that we would have to grow is to be able to ascend people in our current members into additional services. So whether right. that's one-on-one or some sort of nutrition accountability, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so do you find right now out of like, I know you have 85 total, you know, hours that you're, you know, training a client, how many of those are kind of starting to opt into additional services in means of growing at the same time? Yeah. You, you hit me right, right at the time where we're in this huge transition to where um, I want everybody in house because it's the best way to take care of people. It's not this, I just want them spending more money. It's that if I can, if we share clients between massage and training and nutrition and um, athletic rehab 
kind of stuff, if everyone's in-house, we all talk to each other and we all know yeah. what's going on and we can put it together for people. And I think that's really important. You know, one of the things that I really like about my job is that everybody's, I, every hour is different. So I have to be just on all the time to, to meet that person where they are and to whatever they, I, who knows, they're going to walk in the door and say something um something is hurt that I wasn't hurt before. And so just to have all the, the brain power and all the eyes on, um, on our clientele, I think, yes, that's a really good way to grow financially. Um, but it also is, is the best way to provide a service, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there's this like, sometimes whenever, you know, we get in and like, now we're a business owner, we're, we're doing these, these certain things. And it's like this Delta of, okay, if, if I, if I go towards being more profitable and I know that's going to make the business the most successful, does that mean that I'm less passionate? I hear it a lot actually. And, um, and it's, I think that you can be both at the same time in the sense of, okay, I know that if I'm more profitable, if I'm able to make more money, then I can get new things. Uh, maybe it's new equipment, maybe who knows what it is. Right. But then ultimately if I can get the new equipment or whatever it may be, then that increases the value that the clients experience when they are here and they're within right. your facility. Um, so, and I think a lot of times, you know, that it can be viewed like, oh man, you know, I, I want to be more profitable or we're scared people are going to view it like we, we just want money or whatever it may be. But really that more money is benefiting our, our clients. Um, and so yeah, I always like to touch on that because I think it's something that's real. And this is for the listeners to hear that people, I hear it a lot. That's like that weird Delta of it's like, Hey, you can very much so still be passionate and give great service, but understand at the same time that money, unfortunately is, is what makes the world go around in a lot of ways. Right. right. But, um, yeah, for sure. So, but I think your mission within what you said is huge. And I think if you don't have the value and you don't have, you know, the, the good service and really honing in on what your client's goals are, and you're not caring about them deeply, then you don't have a business in the same sense as well, because this is such a people business. And right. so I think you make a very valid point there. So, and I think uh, just to sort of respond to, uh, needing money to, to run the business. We, um, one of the hardest things that I, uh, I find in running a business is doing pricing adjustments. Um, so we did a price adjustment January 1st. I was really behind. I did six months of regional market research and I was like, holy cow, we are the cheapest, least expensive training gym in the region. And I mean, not to be, um, I don't know, boastful, but we're really good at providing our services. So, and so I, you know, I worked on this pricing adjustment for months and then our clients were like, okay. Yes. And I you know, that, that. that's, that's so I was, weird that you said that, I was like blown your away. Biggest is, your biggest fear. And then you, you held off on doing it for so long because you're mm -hmm. like, Oh, I can't bear the thought that some of these people may leave. And right. it's interesting enough that it's almost any gym owner that I talk to about this topic is they're like, I did, I raised the prices and they didn't leave. They stayed, you know what I mean? And it's like in, in, in a lot of cases, it's like, okay, let's say you do lose somebody. And most of the time that person we lose is the one that was probably paying us the least amount. 
That is maybe exactly right. Most, maybe causing us the most trouble, right? Yes. And, <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. And then it's like, well, it was kind of a blessing because they didn't really, they weren't really a part of the culture that we are trying to create anyways. So we, it's best that we parted ways with them. So, um, and, and you know, I was actually just talking to someone about this today, um, a woman that's kind of in the same it was in the same space of that nervous feeling of like, I know we're worth more than this. And it's such a, it's such a subconscious thing. If you think about it, we probably do it in our day to day that we correlate price with value. We're like, oh, that's probably really valuable. There's probably a reason it's that, that price. Right. Um, you know what I mean? So yeah, from, from there, I think the, the, the best piece of advice I can give people when I use this metaphor today is like a duck in nature. You know, she never, a mother duck never scrambles to get her ducks in a row. She just charges forward and makes the best choice. And then they all leave behind, right? They just, mm -hmm. they, the ducks line up and they just follow. And you experience that firsthand. You're like, I just did it. And they followed and they were okay with yeah. it. And so yeah. I think that, I think that's really cool for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, and one of the worst things that you can do with that is like, go back and run numbers. If you had done it, six months earlier or a year earlier, which we should have done, but COVID kind of screwed us up. So um, that is a good lesson to me too, that it was, it was so overdue and I wrung my hands over it for so long that um, now to go back and, and look at what um, the year should have been um, is really, it's really informative because, um, you know, I'm going to pass the five-year mark soon and I know that's when a lot of businesses have to make a decision about continuing on or not. And just seeing that, you know, now uh, is yeah. the time to year five. It's big. It's a big one. And I just can't, you know, yeah. and that's the other thing about finding, finding more help because I, um, I do all the admin, right. I do, um, I, do I do the, the studio, studio laundry at home. I do um, scheduling and there's just so many tasks um, that have to get done, um, that I just, I need, I need someone to take on those little tasks so I can do the big growth tasks and I need someone to take some of my clients, right. Or some of our clients, our studio clients. So that was sort of a roundabout way to address the, the growth question no, that, and the I pricing mean, question, but yeah, no, that makes total sense. And you're right. You know, the, um, industry average is five years. So it typically takes a facility five years to, to get into profit, to become profitable. And usually most facilities, unfortunately, shut their doors at year three. So it's like you're past that threshold. Oh, and I didn't know that. Yes. So it's, it's usually most facilities don't make it past year three. So, you know, it says kudos to you. It says a lot about, you know, like your ability to make decisions quickly and things like that, which is it's huge, which the price increase. And like you said, it's, it's something that's really informative to be able to look back and, and see like, here's what we could have had. Mm -hmm. It's a little sting. It's not like the best feeling, but it's like, okay, here's how we're never going to do that again. How, here's that's how right. we'll never make that choice again. So that's huge. But something I want to touch on here, what is the current, I think you actually just touched on it now that I think about it is I was going to ask you what your current bottleneck is in the facility. And I think you answered it by needing help. Yeah. Um, and you know it, I mean? it's, it, yeah, it's that I'm doing every, every little admin job that there is. And I think where I, where I get stuck 
where I'm bottlenecked is everyone, everyone's a, an independent contractor that works in my studio. Um, so it's, that is low, low risk for me. Uh, it's protective because yeah. I don't pay anyone a salary hoping that their day fills up. So I have to make a move toward um, finding some kind of assistant, some kind of um, someone who's good with bookkeeping and scheduling and answering the phone and all that stuff. And I have to yeah. be able to block out a salary for them. Um, so that's all part of the, the price adjustment. That's all part of bringing in more services. Like if, if I have people subletting small offices, then we can all share the cost of um, the front desk person. So that's something I really need to, to get off my plate. Um, because I need, I need to, I want to be the one going out and soliciting referrals from professionals, you know, uh, physical therapy, um, orthopedic services, um, other gyms. Right. So I have to get the busy work off my desk. So that's, that's where I'm really stuck. Yeah. That's huge. And that's one of the biggest bottlenecks that I hear is, Hey, like, I'm like, what's your biggest bottleneck? And gym owners are like me. Like I, I haven't, taken, <laughs> I haven't taken the, like one, I'm doing everything and, and I'm, I'm good at all of it, but I'm not really great at any of it right now because I'm just spread so thin. And then it's also like, okay, I'm also a little scared to delegate and like let go because this is my baby that I built. And I'm scared that I won't find someone that does it like I do. Um, but I had someone one time tell me here on the podcast, actually, that he was like, you know, the biggest game changer in my business is to understand that I, as a gym owner operate at a hundred percent, and I'm probably going to find someone that operates at a hundred percent or loves the business in the ways that I do. So he's like, I started to be okay with 90%, 80%. Cause I understood for the situation. That's the best that someone could possibly bring me. Cause they're never going to yeah. give the hundred that I can you know what I mean? So it's, um, and I heard that and I thought that was really cool because that is it's like that switch of we're expecting a, like us in somebody else. And we'll never have that because they're not us. Um, That's so right. it's like, how can we find the next best thing, like a carbon copy, but like not fully us, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I like yeah, that perspective sure. too. And I think, you know, I think that I completely agree with it. I think it's really hard to build something from scratch. And, and I think we all know that no one cares as much as we do. And that's okay. That's, you know, that's how it is. It's ours. But I really, um, I like the idea of going into it with, okay, if you're 80% as passionate as me, that's actually really good. So we can move forward. Really good. Right. Exactly. And there's someone out there and, you know, like, or sometimes I hear, oh, well, they don't have the experience I need, or they don't hear, you know, this and that. And there's, I've also heard a lot of people say, you know, I want someone that has a will that has a work ethic and a clean slate that I can, and I can almost morph them into culture that we're trying to have here. If If they actually come knowing less, maybe that's better than knowing more because then it's like we can shape them in the ways that we know is, is the most productive and successful in our business. So I don't know. Yeah. That's some things I've heard that I thought was pretty cool, but um, Katie, what I would love for you to do is we're nearing the end of our time here. I would love for you to um, let the listeners in on where they can find you on social media. First thing um, that way they can give you a follow if they're in the Savannah, Georgia area. Um, Check you out. Yeah, thank you. So it's, uh, we, our Facebook is Savannah Sport and Wellness, sport singular and spelled out. Uh, same on Instagram. 
and uh, our website is savannasportandwellness.com. Uh, it's pretty thorough. I try to keep it updated and um, super informative. Um, and that's it. Uh, we, I would love for anyone to, to stop by or um, shoot me a message. I, uh, I think another part of being a gym owner that I find um, challenging is having open conversations with other gym owners. Um, I, no one wants to share their secrets, right? Um, because they're afraid they'll lose their trainers or someone, someone will, will, you know, uh, undercut them just by a little bit. But I would, I would be so happy to be able to talk to other gym owners everywhere just to share ideas and share pricing structure and share, you know, problems and solutions. So um, I'm, a, I'm super transparent about what I do and what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. So yeah. if anyone wants to connect, I'm here. Cool. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, Katie, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yes, absolutely. And then Jim Lords, I hope you guys gained some value from today's episode. If you like what you heard today, you can like and subscribe on all of your favorite listening platforms. If you want to take it a step further from there and be our next guest, fill out the application form below. We would love to have you. Again, guys, we have Katie here out of Savannah, Georgia with Savannah Sports and Wellness. So Katie, again, it was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. And Jim Lords, we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.